guys, it's Ange, and you're listening to Gracefully Unfiltered, the podcast where the truth doesn't have to hurt. You just have to say it nicely. You'll get raw stories with real advice, and somewhere along the way, you'll realize that nice girls don't finish last. They win. <laughs> All right, guys. Hello. We are in the house with uh, the love coach, love guru, uh, Miss Diana Iskander. I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, Diana, I've been wanting to interview. Really, I just wanted another excuse to talk to you. <laughs> so hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I am so happy. And judging from all of the Instagram messages that I got uh, when I posted that I'd be interviewing you. I think everyone is also so excited for you to be here. Um, it's very funny and coincidental, uh, I guess, very aligned that we were, we scheduled this recording like two days before Valentine's Day. Yes. So guys, we're going to be answering some relationship questions. We have to. I mean, tis the season. Let's do it. Okay. By the way, isn't her voice so calming? <laughs> People are going to be like, oh my God, Angie so loud. And then you have Diana who like sounds literally like a meditation instructor. So guys and Diana, just so you guys know a bit of the plan for today, we're going to obviously talk about, um, you know, what it is, what does it mean to be a love coach? We'll then get into Diana's uh, journey to success and how she got to even be a love coach and what does that mean for her and how she's been just completely killing it. And then we'll get into, you know, the love relationship questions because it is the holiday of love. Um, and then I have some really fun rapid fire questions that are all based around relationships and Valentine's Day. So, Diana, why don't you give us a little bit uh, of an intro, what it is you do, um, what does it mean to be a love coach and how you got here? Amazing. Uh, okay. So this, I always love this question because like really in all honesty, this journey started when I was like maybe somewhere between seven and nine years old. I was so, okay. I was like somewhere in that age range. And my sister is uh, six and a half years older than me. Wow. She would come home with her friends after school. So let's say they were like 15 years old. They would come home after school and circle around me and ask for relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just obsessed. I mean, I would write love poems, love songs. You know, I found a diary of like during that age and I was like always writing about love. It's incredible actually to look back and see that. And then, wow. you know, like I made plenty of my own mistakes. I went on my own journey. I had my own things to learn. I definitely did not have a straight path in love. A lot of detours. And then it was about 20, 2014 or yeah, 2014. A year after I met Jack, who's now my husband, he was really, really inspiring me because at that point I had done so much inner work. And by the time I met him, you know, things with us had been so different than any other relationship in the past. I was really standing in my worth and I was watching that being reflected back to me in this relationship. So I started a blog. My sister always would joke with her friends, like if they don't know something like Ask Diana. So that was the name of the blog. And I was writing every week. I still write every week. And I was writing about relationships. 
and a, like you know like not a huge following but a lot of engagement and people were really interested so I started to host meetups in the city just to talk about like different aspects of conscious relationships and conscious living and that was fun and all but you know whatever it was just like a fun thing to do and people started asking me for one-on-one -on -one sessions and really I, I didn't even okay like I never in my life considered that this was a thing that you do and so I started giving some sessions doing it for free just like learning the process working with different people and is getting some good results some good testimonials some good feedback and then I'll, I remember a woman asking me like for the first time what's your rate and I threw out a number I think I said something like 85 for an hour or something like that <laughs> And I paid a lot more than that, Diana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> and, I just, and, and so it began. Uh, and then I eventually got my coaching certification and like training in somatic healing and theta healing. And I went all in. But I actually launched my coaching practice based on the request coming from other people. And that woman asking me, what's your rate? And that's really how it all started. And it's snowballed into this like really huge thing i was just named top two out of top 10 with yahoo for top love coaches in 2021 what yeah i just found out two days ago oh my god congratulations that's like huge it's pretty big so there's been a lot of big stuff happening um and here i, I am and just so um just for those who don't know uh i actually <laughs> use Diana services a couple of maybe like two years ago. Um, I was going through, well, okay. So it starts off with my friend, Samantha, who had told me about you a couple of years ago. And mm -hmm. she's like, Oh, just take her number. She's really amazing. And her and I would always have these like super deep uh, conversations about spirituality and love. And we really connected over a book called a return to love by Marianne Williamson. And so during that conversation with her, she's like, oh, my God, you also you need to talk to my love coach. And I was like, what the hell is a love coach? She's like, I'm telling you, she's amazing. She just take her number. You never know. So I took your number. And then literally a year later, I was going through, you know, a little bit of a tough time with my ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I felt overwhelmed, not in my place. I just like I really didn't feel good. Um, we had taken a break. and. In that moment, I I felt something that I hadn't felt in a, I don't think ever. I felt like the feeling of complete debilitation. Like I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't think. It was like every, it was like consuming me, the whole situation. And I remember getting in my car and being like, oh my God, Sam gave me that number. Like, let me call her. I didn't know what to do. So, and I called you and I remember being like, you need to help me. <laughs> Um, and you did and you were not $85 an hour and we're not going to talk about the price but it was the best money I ever spent uh, and I don't even think I wrote you a testimonial but I'm giving one verbally right now but that that moment really changed my life it really did so um, for anybody going through anything like this is your girl so talk to me a bit about um, what what is it that you do exactly when you coach through love? Are you coaching through love? Are you coaching about love? Explain to me the difference about life coach and love coach. Okay. So I'll, I'll focus on, I'll focus on love coach. Cause like, I mean, life coach essentially is touching all the different aspects of your life and like looking at your life pie and saying like, where do you want to increase your satisfaction in this area versus that area? So okay. I'm really focused on the, on the area of love and it will hands down have a ripple effect 
on your money because you you know you believe in your worth more i see it all the time on your body because you start moving you feel more in alignment like there's always a ripple effect all of your relationships start improving but really what i'm doing so i'll work with i typically work with women though i'm launching something for men coming soon wow um, i'm typically working with women who are single or in relationships so when they're coming to me and they're single it's like clarifying their vision the confidence that they can really have that how to speak their truth with someone when they first meet them right um standing in their worth and it's like how do you connect emotionally with someone to actually make it conducive to falling in love if that is really your person because typically people are like we're really really scared we have our defenses up we're either overly anxious or overly avoidant and so i'm helping them just like stand in their queen self whether they're single or in a relationship and really call in that relationship get confident with their yes get confident with their no and and do so with so much love and respect for themselves and whoever crosses their path right so it's a long-winded way of of responding that question and then women in relationships what i see a lot of the time is they're overdoing they're overgiving and we have this idea that that's what the feminine does but the feminine is actually nurturing which is a way of being but she's actually more in her she's supposed to be more in her receiving than actually like in the giving that's a very masculine trait and so what i'm helping women in relationships do is really like lean back into that queen role so they can bring out the best in their king right so they can have deeper conversations they can have more connection they can feel less frustrated and more in love oh, i can't wait to ask you the relationship questions <laughs> Because I actually, a lot of girls wanted to ask me. I mean, listen, let's just get into it now. I we're 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 in it. You know, one of the girls asked me, um, when it comes to being in a relationship, how how do you know he's the one when you have different values? Um, and one of those values that she brought up was, she, so she believes in marriage and he doesn't believe in marriage, but they really love each other. Mm -hmm. How do you like navigate that? Is that a deal breaker? Like, what would you what would you say to that? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how do you know? Let me start with how do you know they're the one? I don't believe there is one. So I'll just start there. I believe there are many that we can, you know, live happy, fulfilled lives with. Even though for most people listening, they're like, what? I can barely even find one. What do you mean there are many? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'll attest to that because I have literally, everyone's like, have you ever, like, you know, before your boyfriend now, like, have you been in love before? And I'm like, what do you mean? I literally have been in love with every guy I ever dated. Like yes. for me, I was like in love with every single one of them. Yes. And, and I, and I really, really truly believe that. And looking for just one feels like an impossible task. Like you're looking for a needle in a haystack. So the way, the way for me is like to recognize one, not the one, but one that you can be with is really like, are they willing to grow? Can you grow together? If so, you can pretty much move through anything in life together. Even if that means at some point you grow in opposite directions and you decide together to, you know, to go in separate directions, like a growth mindset is really and truly like the most important quality in any partner. Of course, you want to have compatibility and chemistry. You know, we look a lot for chemistry, but there really does need to be that compatibility piece. 
So when we talk about values, right? Values for me is really like what you value most in life. So the fact that they maybe don't both feel like marriage is, like they're maybe not on completely the same page about marriage doesn't necessarily mean they have different values because do they value like family? Do they value loyalty? Do they value partnership? I'll actually tell you when I was dating Jack, again, he's now my husband, we were maybe, maybe a year into our relationship and he would say to me, actually, he said it a few times, even leading up to that. I don't know if I'll ever get married. And, and I don't, I don't know if I believe in marriage. And he's like, I've seen too many, like I've witnessed too many things. And again, this was early days and I just kept focusing on, so I'm very in tune with my intuition. Okay. And it was very clear for me that this was someone I needed to spend time with. Like that answer was so consistent in my body, in my wisdom. It was always, always there. And rather than focusing on this thing we disagreed on, we focused on what we did agree on. And I was always very honest that marriage was in my future. And I never said like, it has to be you. I was just very clear that I would be married. And it's like when we focused on what we had in common, and again, because he's also like willing to grow and so am I, we ended up just having these beautiful conversations around like, why would we get married? What is marriage? What would it mean to us? Right? So getting maybe clear on like, what are the main things that scare him about marriage? And rather than feeling really fearful and closed off and angry, possibly during that conversation, how can you have that conversation together where it's like, we love each other. We want the same things. So what is an opposition here really? Is it the wedding? Like sometimes it's just about the pressure of putting on a wedding, right? So like, can you have this conversation from a more heart expansive place than the way we typically do it, which is like, I'm totally afraid you're going to disappoint me. I'm wasting my time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I, I mean, from what I'm understanding, it's really about like breaking it down. So breaking the barriers, having somebody who's willing to, like you say, grow, but also just discuss. Like for me, um, and and I realized this later on in life, uh, is that one of my biggest values is is conversation. Like yeah. I love just speaking. Clearly, yeah. I have a podcast. I'm yeah. a hairdresser. I love really deep conversations. I love existential conversations, and I like to debate and um, and always from a place of love, you know. Yeah. And so for me. I realized later on in life that that was so important to me. And I, I never, I never realized it before, but when you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. I'm not trying to put you against the wall. I'm not trying to, um, you know, make you agree with everything that I'm saying. I just want to break things down. I want to dissect, you know, why it is you feel the way you feel or why you have such a strong opinion about something when, you know, maybe you're, you're just looking at it, um, from, from like a, like from such a, I guess a bird's eye view and you're not really like breaking down the, the, the elements that really make up this opinion that you have. And like you said, it could just be the wedding. Maybe they just don't want to spend money on a wedding, which if, to be honest, if two people were having this conversation, they'd probably come to the same, uh, you know, agreement that, yeah, we really do want to get married. Yeah. We really do love each other. Yeah. We really do want to have a family and have, you know, grandkids and all of this, but do we really want to spend a hundred grand on a wedding? Like, shit, I never really thought about that. You know what? You're right. Like, I don't really want a big wedding too, but I do want a marriage, you know? So exactly I- for her to get clear on why, why it's important for her as well to be married. Like you need to be able to back up 
like with your why, especially when you're speaking to a man, like what is the reason you want this? What does it mean to you? What would it provide for you? Yeah. And, and especially, uh, I think the most important thing about that and correct me if I'm wrong is, so I realized that when you really want something and it's like not happening, the more you, the more you're like, I just want this. I just want it. I just want it. I just want it. Number one, you're like admitting to yourself that you don't have it. And so you're living in like an energy of lack. Yeah. But then also, and I learned that from you, but then also uh, what I find so funny and it's like taking me 31 years to realize this is that whatever is yours will be yours. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're happy and you're a good person, you have good intention and you have integrity. Um, and you know, like you try to keep yourself happy doing things that you like, uh, and always like, you know, speaking from a place of love, eventually the things that are meant for you will always be yours. And if you're too focused on getting something, if that thing is not meant for you and you still get it because you work so hard, because like, I do believe you're in control of your own life. You might not want it when you get it. And you know, like they always say, like, careful what you wish for. Right. Right. So that's, it's about the journey is like what I'm really hearing you say. Like I, I work with women, let's say who are like close to the age where they feel, oh my God, I'm like, my clock is ticking. I'm never gonna be able to have kids. And I'm like, you have no idea that by the time you have kids, if you don't learn to live, like to feel your emotions and, and, and move through the difficult ones and live in a state of gratitude, you'll have that partner, you'll have those kids and you'll end up frustrated because you'll get used to it and you'll take it for granted because that's what we do. We're always on to the next. So it's really like in, in enjoying the journey along the way. And there's definitely a way to, to get to this conversation about marriage as part as partners if there is love there and you both really want to be together and you both have this growth mindset and willingness you know there it's like a willingness to understand each other a willingness to move through things together you really can and try not to focus too much again like you said on the fact that there's this disagreement around marriage focus on what you actually do have in common because you strengthen the relationship and the trust and that's actually a foundation that would inspire the person to want to marry you. Like that's what happened with Jack. It was like, but this is such an amazing relationship. We know we, you know, we know we want the same thing. So why would I oppose this idea of marriage? I totally, totally agree. I totally agree. And are there any other things that you can, you know, let, let us know um, in a relationship? Like what are some of the things that can really, help to sustain a long and healthy relationship. Like I heard you speaking about co uh, compatibility, which is, oh my God, like something that I never even thought of. I just thought like, <laughs> if you're two people and you're both good people and you both love each other, why can't you make it work? And then it's like, idiot, it's because you're not compatible. And so definitely that is something um, that I think you need in, it, to have a sustainable, healthy relationship. But are there other things that you can, um, you know, give us, give yeah, us totally. So yeah, similar visions for sure. Or like at least like similar qualities that would allow you to eventually like get on the same pages and interdependence in a relationship is really important. So that space of like, it's like, if you had two circles and one was me and one was you and you overlap them so that every part of the circle is equal, including the middle, 
and the middle is us, right? So there's this space in the middle that's the stuff that belongs to you and me, like the, some of the decisions we make together, the experiences that we have. And then there's some things that are just for me and some things that are just for you, right? Like there are some things that I do with my girlfriends that I'll never ask my husband to do. And like, there are some things that he has in his life that like, those are just his things. Inter- interdependence is really, really important in a relationship. And actually, okay, so we all know communication is important, sex, all of that. But what really, to me, is like the crucial factor of success is how much you are, um, how much you, what's the word I'm looking for, like nurture um, and value your emotional intelligence and awareness. Because when you are easily triggered because you're on edge and you're feeling all of these insecurities and doubts about yourself, you're going to project those on your partner. And when you live in a house together, if you have two people who do not know how to sit with their emotions and process their emotions, it is explosive. That is, I feel like you're talking about my old relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And, you know, I love what you said about uh, interdependence because, and again, these are, these are, these are things that like, you know, I've just, I've realized over time and especially looking back in hindsight, I always like see things so much more clearly after they've passed. And I have this like problem of when I'm in a situation, I get so flustered and overwhelmed, flustered uh, and overwhelmed that I can't really see things clearly. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, it was so clear. And, you know, there's this, we grow up. Uh, when we're young girls and we have this like thing that like a guy's gonna come and he's gonna save you and what I realized is no relationship will ever stand the test of time until each of those people have really become their own person and have dealt with the majority of their past traumas the majority of their emotions you know Uh, and if you're always looking for that other person to kind of fulfill these emptiness, these emptiness, this emptiness in you, uh, it's never going to work because at the end of the day, you're just going to have this like two half cups of water and you're trying to like Mm -hmm. fill each cup, but there's like not enough water for the both of you. That's a great analogy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so like my, my friend Rocco and I always say like, you need to have your cup full. He needs to have his cup full and you guys need to like overflow with things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is something, and this is the reason why I think a lot of girls should come and see you. And, um, for sure we'll get into the misconceptions about the work that you do. But for me, it's like, I can't control my relationship. Really. I can't control the other person. I can control, however, my reactions, my emotion, my attitude. Uh, and as I'm saying this, I literally had an anxiety attack yesterday. So I wish I would have spoken to you yesterday. But, <laughs> you know, these are the things that you can control. And so if you go seek help or someone that can really dive into these specific emotions and feelings, um, then it's like a recipe for success because you'll be so good with you that you'll just either attract somebody as good or you'll you'll end up uh, mending whatever it is wherever you are that's been a little bit broken yes exactly and and you know you you don't have to be you know there's this this idea of like you have to love yourself before you can be in a relationship or before someone will love you and i and i really don't agree with that piece it's not a before it's always it's like sometimes you'll love yourself more you'll be more on that track and then you'll fall off track it's just a commitment 
to coming back to that place consistently. And yeah, you, you need to have dealt with a certain amount of your stuff. There's no percentage or like quota, right? But there's like, you know, a certain steadiness within yourself will definitely help you move into a solid relationship. But then no, undoubtedly your stuff is going to come to the surface once you're in the relationship, like whatever's remaining will come up and that is okay. And it's beautiful. And it's part of the journey. And it's just that commitment to coming back to yourself always, always, always. Like I have a husband and a child and my time to myself, like everybody in the house knows, like this is mommy's time right now. Like that time where I am meditating or singing or writing or doing some crazy, you know, witchy rituals. (laughs) (laughs) My connection to myself and like what I need to do for me so that I can be so solid for the people in my life is essential and never ending. It's not, there's no end destination. Yeah, well, that's why they ask you to put your mask on in an airplane before anybody else's can help anybody if you're not 100% or close to 100%. Um, And so I wanted to, so I guess the single girls right now um, are asking themselves, this is all great that you guys are talking about love, but how the hell am I supposed to find love during a pandemic when I'm legally not even allowed to go outside past 8 o'clock p.m.? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no doubt that it's presenting some challenges. I hear you, sister. I know I've also had so many clients, like I haven't done a count over the last year, who've ended up in relationships, like who have met new people and they're in beautiful relationships because what is working during the pandemic is that people are more cautious and going slower. There's less hookup culture. Um, people are having like more intimate conversations sooner. By intimate, I mean like, okay, before we kiss, like, I just need to know, you know, what are you up to in the world? Because there's a real threat of safety. So there is like, there's a slowing down. People are doing FaceTime chats before they get together in person. Like there's all this like deeper connection stuff actually happening. So while I get it, you know, if you live in Canada, for example, and it's like minus whatever 30 and like, all you can do is take a walk. It's not ideal. I know that. But People are actually like, there's a bit more loneliness. There's, like I said, a lot less hookups. People aren't going to bars. So there's a slowing down that actually does allow for more connection. I I mean, yeah, for sure. It just, uh, what I think also girls should be working on right now is really working on themselves, you know? Like if, if it's going to be a little bit harder to meet somebody right now, then what can you do to prepare yourself for that meeting? 100 yeah what are what are things that you know you've seen um what are some of your triggers in your past relationships work on those call diana have a meeting with her (laughs) (laughs) but i do agree i actually i was uh i was listening to the podcast of um what's his name raz something it's called how i built this uh, and he was actually interviewing the the CEO of Bumble. And she yes. was saying the same thing. She's like, yes. we've had the most amount of users we've ever had. And we've noticed that the relationships that these users are, are creating are so much more meaningful because of the uh, inability to have this hookup culture. Exactly. And I, I totally agree with the sentiment of like, take some of this time to go in, right? Like go into some of your patterns. Like, what do you want? What is your vision? You know, get support if you need it from someone like me or someone else. Like, you know, all that all that stuff that we wish we had more time for. I mean, I know everyone's situation is different, but if you do find yourself having more time, like 
go into those activities, take this time for yourself. And very soon, you know, spring is around the corner, things are going to start opening up more, like it's coming, the, sh the change is inevitable. So like, just keep readying yourself and staying open. I love it. I love it so much. You know what I actually want to ask you before when we're talking about relationships, and this is, this is like, so I've heard this a couple of times with my clients. Like I'm a hairdresser, right? So I, I deal with a lot of women. Um, and it's so funny because this always comes up. How do you differentiate between you being a crazy, dramatic girlfriend mm -hmm. and the relationship just not being the right relationship? Mm -hmm. Okay. You always got to take personal responsibility for crazy dramatics like there I haven't been inside of crazy dramatics in my relationship ever like in this relationship I'm not saying it's always perfect uh but crazy dramatics is just a thing of my past and there's and like that's really like um like a rite of passage and like a like a consciousness evolution thing that's really about you because you you cannot allow yourself to stay in a situation with friends or lovers or anyone where you need to go crazy, right? Trying to like track them or figure them out or like that, that just has to become unacceptable in your life. But I also, but I mean, I mean more like when you're in a relationship, when you're in a relationship and you're like, I have some of these girls and, and like, so from what I understand is that if, if you're like going to be that dramatic and that like crazy girl all the time, it's probably not the right relationship, but I've also been super, I think that I'm in the right relationship right now. And like, who knows? Um, but there are times I'm like crazy psycho Ange comes out, you know? And I just, I, I know that it's the right relationship, but can, is there anything that you can tell girls? Like what's kind of uh, an advice you could give girls where it's like, if you feel this way, you're not in the right place. Well, if you feel like you are not um, being heard and you don't have the space to speak up about what you're feeling, like, so what I always say is, let's say you bring a concern to your, your person and okay, we'll just say in this case, it's a man. Okay. And he, yeah. and he does not um, even want to give you the space to express yourself. Now, granted, if you're coming at him, like with accusations and you're screaming, like he's allowed to have his boundaries too and say, I'm not, I'm not like when you calm down and you're willing to like speak to me, like someone you love, he's allowed to have those boundaries. Right. So yeah. if my, what I always say though, is it's, it's not about you tell, when you tell your man, there's something that you feel and there's something that you need. And like, you're asking for some level of change. Don't expect them to turn around and change tomorrow. Because as we all know, even for ourselves, change is hard. And it takes like you fall off the wagon, then you come back on. It's not easy. But what's important is that he actually respects what you have to share and that he cares and that he wants to listen and he wants to love you and he wants to hear you, right? So the change might not happen right away, but how does he respond to you bringing up stuff that is uncomfortable? Yeah, I love that. Girls, I hope you listen to that part. It's very important. <laughs> but the dramatics, the dramatics has to be your own boundary that you have to stop. No matter what your partner's doing or not doing, that is just a those a, a way of engaging that that just has to shift within you, and it just can, like requires more going in. What are the things that trigger me? Why is this triggering me? What does it remind me of? What's the story I'm inside of? Like, what is another way to view this? I have a whole framework around that. Oh, I know. I remember. I think I need to go I find I it. Back to that part. <laughs> oh, did we not? I need to go, I need to, sometimes I need to go back to, I'm like, oh, what did Diana teach me last time? And 
one of the other questions that I got from the girls is, I, I, this is, you know, the truth. There are a lot of cheaters out there. Mm -hmm. And do you think, or I'll just ask it, like, why do you think men cheat? Oh, I think women cheat too. I think we're just used to the version of the story of men cheating, but I see, I, I know, <laughs> I shouldn't say, <laughs> I know women cheat too, uh, but maybe men look for it not as, like they don't look for it quite the same that way, same way that women do because the paradigm has always been like men cheat, but women are out in the world just as much now, right? So like the paradigm has shifted where we have equal opportunity to meet people and cheat uh, versus like where the woman was more in the house and, and didn't necessarily have that access. You know, people often cheat. It's not like is, as much as, you know, you can take that personally. And of course, it's deeply hurtful when you are betrayed. It's usually something to do with their own inner stuff, like their ego that is needing something validating, right? Or like um, emotions that they haven't dealt with. So they are seeking sex as a way to like distract themselves from what they're feeling, Right. It's like it's really it, at the core of it is our wounds inside of the person. It's really not about that. You're not attractive enough. Of course, now, if we're talking about a couple that's been married for 30 years and, you know, they haven't had sex in the last 10 years and he's been trying and she won't do that. I'm not saying it's her fault. You know, betrayal is betrayal. But there's a part that you played in kind of like you have to be loyal to me, but I won't give you what you want or need or desire. That's also not fair. Right. And that's also betrayal as well. It absolutely sense. is. It absolutely is. That's such a beautiful way to put it. But typically it's just, it's like, um, it's our own wounds because if we're really willing to sneak around, that's a lack of integrity towards ourselves first and foremost. Right. So it's like totally. just to not take it so, um, not let it take you to the point where you really question your worth. I love it. And do you do you have a lot of women that come to you because they've been cheated on? What what would be the most uh, the thing that you see the most within your clients? I'll be honest with you. I don't have I don't have a lot of women who come to me while they're being cheated on, but they are coming. Let's say with some stories of like betrayal in the past, right? Okay. So it's really, really hard when that's happening. Like, let's say you have a history of guys cheating on you, for example, like that's really tough because then you are trying to create a vision of something you've maybe never seen or experienced, which is like a loyal person who wants to love and adore you. Even totally. though challenging though, you do need to create some space between you and that story, right? So like if the story that you've lived is men cheat on me, I understand that that is true. But we also need to create a bit of distance between that story so that in that space, you can actually create a new, a new paradigm, a new version of your story. And of course, that requires like a lot of healing and inner child work, which we do a lot of. If you're in a situation where you're discovering like there's betrayal right now in your relationship, it doesn't mean that relationship cannot survive. But what is required is like a whole new level of vulnerability and honesty between those two people. Yeah. That's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. And commitment from both parts to really want to do the work. And do you think, cause so I, okay. My favorite, my favorite book in the whole world is a return to love by Marianne Williamson. Have you, you've read it, right? 
Yeah, it's been many, many years, but absolutely, I've read it. Yeah, and so a lot of people think that like love, the word love just represents one type of love, and that's romantic love. And when you talk about love, you're like, okay, like you know, like I said, they just they really just think of love in a romantic um, setting, and so the book really just explains to you how in life you can either see things through the lens of fear mm -hmm. or you can see things through the lens of love and then everything bad that you feel comes from looking through um, a situation through the lens of fear and then everything that feels good excitement happiness alignment motivation inspiration that all comes from looking through the lens of love um, and she talks about the different perspectives and how you know, a miracle is just switching your perspective. So yes. with, with that said, when I, when I think of love coach, that's what I think of. I think of this woman will guide me to, um, uh, to act and live through love mm -hmm. and not through fear. Mm -hmm. I think a misconception is that she's, you're a love coach. You deal with relationship advice Mm -hmm. um, and how to find love only. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that a misconception? Is that the truth? Um, what do you tell girls who don't are, are single and don't want a relationship? Yeah. Um, or what do you tell girls who are in a relationship and happy? Can they still come see you? Oh, 100%. The way you put that, like seeing through a lens of love versus fear, like usually when I'm interviewed, they'll say like, what's your mission or what do you stand for? And for me, it's, shifting the conversation from fear to love. Oh. And and that that is really like that is at the heart that is at the heart. So, it's going to have a ripple effect on all the relationships in your life. And yes, I'm focusing with you in the context of your partnership or the partner that you're calling in, but like I'm not just here to say I don't I'm not a rules coach, so I won't say, you know, it's got to be 3 weeks or 3 months before you do this or that. I'm really helping you see through the lens see yourself first and foremost, through the lens of love and really attuning, like attuning to love. To me, love is a frequency. It's an emotion. It's the highest state emotion. And it's not romantic. It's like that place where you free yourself from all the fear that what, well, okay, free yourself from fear. We're never completely free of fear, but we can operate more consistently from love than fear. That takes time. And when you're really operating from that space, you then really and truly become attractive to the opportunities, the people, the places, the money, the experience, like everything that vibrates so high. Does that does that make sense? A thousand percent. We should have we should have asked Marianne Williams if she wanted to be in this episode. Oh my god, don't even kid. <laughs> I love her so much. But it's true. And you know, um, the thing is, is that right now, the situation that we're all living, uh, well, the majority of the world is living, especially in Canada, especially in Quebec, especially in Montreal, is that there's so much more, um, there's so much more uh, ammunition, maybe ammunition is not the right word, but there's so much more fear than there is love yes. in this moment. Um, and I'm wondering, like, if let's say somebody's just like, you know, having work issues or having, you know, friendship issues, they might be in a, in a really good relationship and the relationship's going well, uh, and they might be single, but they're not really looking for love. They're really m suffering in other areas. Is going to see a love coach something that would benefit them? That's a beautiful question. 
Yes. However, if you are like really wanting to focus on like a career switch, let's say, like I would say like there are career coaches and life coaches who really, really specialize in that. But if you are just simply, so I, you know, okay, I want to be really clear. I'm not a therapist, right? So mm-hmm. if it's like a deep state of depression and like, you know, that's like living in an intense contraction of fear, I would refer you to someone who really, really specializes in that. But if you are simply looking, wanting to see the world through a lens of love, wanting to see yourself through that lens and like feel more expansive and like believe in people, I, I tend to work with people who are desiring support rather than um, really feeling the need like to be quote unquote saved. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's like where you're in a healthy, you're in a healthy mindset, but you just want to like feel more love in your heart, attract more love in your life. You know, maybe it is like more solid relationships in your life altogether. But if it really comes to like a, like a focus around like wanting, like, okay, all the time when I work with clients very, very often, you know, I had a client after her first session, she quit her job, started her agency because it's like, we crack through so much that it's like the worthiness just comes exploding out of you sometimes that you will make those changes. But if you wanted to focus on switching your career or like being healthier in your lifestyle, like I would send you to someone who's more specific in that area. Yeah. But you see, I'm asking that question because I genuinely do believe that uh, all everything is really linked to the foundation of love. Um, And I really think that everything that you do in your life should be, um, should be done through only the lens of love because the second that you're doing anything out of fear, uh, it's not for you. And that's when the anxiety comes. That's when the depression comes, not saying that you can't be depressed for other reasons, but if you really try to do as much as you can uh, when it comes to the inner work and really like, you know, figuring out, what traumas haven't you healed? What wounds are still lingering there? Uh, you know, why are you living in such a scared, um, scared way? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know what I mean? I think most of pro- most of the problems do end up going away. Um, and then it's a, a feeling of empowerment, you know? Yes. So do you feel yeah. like, do you feel like there's any misconceptions about the person you are, the work that you do? You know, I I actually don't that you had mentioned that like er, earlier in this episode. I feel like because okay, maybe who I am, I can I can clarify a couple of things there. So <laughs> in terms of what I do, I I'm pretty sure the messages I put out there are very very clear as to like the level of conversation I want to have. Once in a while, someone will get it wrong or like think that I want to have like a really um. I don't want to say the word shallow, but for lack of a better word right now, like a really basic conversation. Like I love to go deep and like really crack things open. And it's, and it's like, it's quite transformational stuff, right? So sometimes somebody will come to me who maybe doesn't know, or just found me on Google and not quite understand like the level of depth. In terms of misconceptions about me, I think the only things that I really see are like thinking that I'm perfect in my relationship, which I'm not. And if you follow my content regularly, like you'll see, like I'm very honest about my missteps, but then knowing how to course correct, right? So we don't live in constant bliss. There are moments of contraction. We just know how to move out of them, like in my relationship. Okay. And the other one I'd say is because, you know, I'm soft-spoken. People just think I'm always really nice. And that is true, but I do have a spice. (laughs) 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 I have opinions and things to say. 
not the only thing, but okay. <laughs> but it's so funny because I'm not going to lie. I totally judged you that way. And I'm like, she is like, just, she just like walks on her tippy toes with her fingers in the air and oh, life yeah. is all love. And then we were having so much, um, so many problems with this microphone. It was like cutting when we were trying to record at the beginning and you just said the F word. And I was like, oh, the F word is like one of my, I love, yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> I have like, a girl in my Facebook group. I have like a free Facebook group, and she was like, "I love everything you do, but if you could just like keep out the f word sometimes." And I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, this is just like it's just part of my language." And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I mean, look, I think we got, I think we got some really good, um, really good advice from you. I I learned something. Um, I learned a couple of things, and it also just like refreshed what I already knew. Uh, but sometimes we tend to forget and we get so focused on the, the the fear energy, you know, and it's like, I can't say this enough. It's like, there's only two ways you can look at a situation and there will always be two ways. Um, and it's through fear or it's through love. And everything that feels bad is really because you're, you're, you're looking at it or you're thinking about it or you're in a state of fear. Um, and then the fear just brings upon anxiety. It brings depression. It brings, um, I was going to say anxiety again. It's the biggest one, mm -hmm. you know, jealousy and envy and, um, feeling of lack and uncomfort and, and all that, a lack of confidence. That's like, like if you, if you really like break it down, it's all fear. And then excitement and all the other stuff really does come from love. Um, and also what I like what you said was, um, maybe a misconception is that people think don't, don't realize how deep you go. Um, and I'll attest to that because when I called you, I was like, okay, I'm calling this girl. She's a love coach. I have love problems. Let me call her. And I called you and then we had our first session and I'll never forget. I was in my car mm -hmm. and I like, you made me close my eyes and we did this like inner inner work and I could not stop sobbing and I was like whatever she's doing this is working um so you definitely do go go get really deep um is there anything else that you'd like to add I know that our, our my my episodes well the whole podcast is really about you know like success and how to get what you um how to really go follow into your life purpose uh, and being nice along the way. I mean, I think it's without having to be said that you're a nice person. Um, and you didn't become a love coach because you're a bitch. <laughs> but is there anything that you want to, that you want to say before we go to the rapid fire questions about, you know, your, your journey to success, how you got to where you are um, and, and anything you can tell other, other people who either want to follow your footsteps or just have their own direction. Yes, I love it. I love that. You know, resilience has been key. Um, you know, it's so it, it's not it, for me, it's not luck. And it's not super hard work. I, I do work and I am very consistent. But I also believe um, in this balance between like a feminine and masculine approach. And sometimes it's work and sometimes it's rest. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really about resilience like this, you know, be, you know, being an entrepreneur, building, building something really big and like something that continues to grow really requires you to dig into the depths of your soul and understand why you are doing this. Why is this important to you? Right? Like we all have our levels of why. And, you know, there's one level for me that's about me and my family. And then there's another level about like what I'm really meant to do in this world. When it's your soul's calling and you really just move out of the way and allow your soul to 
you know, take over the steering wheel, you will get where you are going, right? So that belief in yourself and, and just staying to the vision and then knowing when you actually need to course correct and reevaluate the vision and be in co-creation with something, a power that sometimes just knows better than you. So it's like knowing what you want, but leaning back enough to also allow the universe to co-create and come in and, and maybe change direction a little for you. And how do you, um, that's so interesting that you're saying that, how do you identify what is, um, what is a situation presenting itself that's no longer for you? So let's say somebody's in their job and they love what they do. They've always loved what they did. Um, you know, they, 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 they built their career, they moved up, uh, their soul brought them there, their, their passion, uh, and all that. And then there comes a time when they're not, they're just not feeling themselves in that area. How do you identify? Is that just you needing to be realigned with yourself or this situation no longer serves you? Yeah. You know, there, there are like whispers that continue to come. And like, if you slow down enough and actually pay attention to synchronicities around you and signs like the universe is always speaking to you in different ways so if you actually just like keep your heart and your eyes open and look around like you will see people keep asking you for something and you get really excited at that like follow what excites you and terrifies you all at the same time and 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 sometimes you know there was a time where I was working in a job that I was absolutely not happy in but I started to just create slowly the steps towards this other vision until it, I just took off with it. And it's really about like listening to the whispers, looking, like noticing the signs around you and, and note, like starting to really get in tune with what is the voice of my intuition sound like, you know, when I followed it and it was right, what did that voice sound like versus when I followed my fear, what was that voice like? And it just takes time to discern between the two. Yeah, that that is something that I will attest to. Till this day, I think the hardest thing for me personally is really uh, differentiating between my fear and my gut. And so I all like I feel like I have such a strong gut intuition, and I always feel like I'm right. But then I have my fear that feels like my gut. But then well, it's and it's so. What I can tell you is this. When your mind is ruminating in a story and you feel your mind busy, this one I know across the board, that is your fear. It doesn't mean your intuition isn't saying something similar. But when you are ruminating in a thought over and over and over on repeat and you really feel your head buzzing with thoughts, that is your fear. And then what does your gut feel like? Oh, your gut will feel. So I'm into human design. So your gut, your intuition will feel different for different people. For okay. me, it's really in my sacral. So like I'll have like a sacral pull, like so that space under my belly button that really like pulls me towards something like really strongly. And But what I can say unanimously is like there is this more peaceful, um, there's this more peaceful, excited, hopeful, again, frequency of love energy. Even when something's telling you this is not the relationship for you, it's still a different voice than freak out, freak out, freak out. Like that's your yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I've, laughs> like, oh my God, this is not for me. This is not for me. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, that's not your gut. Your gut, your gut will never talk to you like that. Your gut's more like, sweetie, sweetie, yeah. look here. Exactly. You no, know, don't go. It's not a good idea. You know? <laughs> so I love, I love that. I love that. And I think so many people really do suffer between, um, you know, differentiating their gut versus their fear. And it's so, 
I think the way that you said it, like even just made me smile because I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Like my gut is just so nice to me. And sometimes my, and my fear is definitely not nice. No, my fear is like, nice. what are you doing? Why would you do that? Oh my God, this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. And then you're going to die. Totally. totally. <laughs> and my gut's like, no, 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 sweetie. It's okay. Go take a nap. You'll think about it tomorrow. It's fine. You'll be fine. You know, you're always fine. So I love that. Um, okay. So rapid fire. Okay. So excited. Um, so, I mean, given that we are two days from Valentine's day, um, and then this will probably come out the day after Valentine's day, I thought it'd be cute to make it all like, you know, lovey dovey. Also, you're the love girl. Mm -hmm. Um, so flowers or chocolate. Okay. Like my own preferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you prefer? So this is all about you. Yeah, amazing. Flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. A time you were most surprised. And let's, for fun, give me a time you were most surprised by a loved one. Okay. Um, I guess the night, the night that Jack proposed to me, I didn't see it coming at all because he kept telling me it was going to happen, like, next year. And then he showed up at my house at, like, 1130 at night with, like, the, just the most, like, oh, just such the cutest thing. And I was in my bed and he proposed and I just didn't see it coming. Oh, my <laughs> God. Mm -hmm. I love, um, I love real surprise proposals. I mean, it and was I simple and it was just the two of us, but it was beautiful. That's so sweet. And I think um, I've seen so many of my friends and like girls that I know get, get engaged. And I feel like you, you get to a certain age and you're kind of like, well, it's going to happen soon. Yeah. And so you don't, you're not as surprised. Like you're surprised with like how they did it and where, but you're not like, oh my God, you want to spend the rest of your life with me? Like we, we had talked about it. We knew it was coming, but we said, okay, so I guess like maybe around spring next year, we'll see. And then, but he had already had the ring and I didn't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. My best friend, Jessica, my business partner, uh, they were dating for like 10 or 11 months and they never even spoke about wedding weddings. Wow. Yeah. And so, and he took her to, I hope she doesn't hate me for saying her like whole proposal story, but he took her to like a beautiful hotel for her birthday. And in her head, she was like, wow like he did all of this for my birthday like what the hell is he gonna do when he has to propose you know because it was like so extravagant and then he gets on one knee and proposes oh, and she's yeah, like so what so yeah I love that um do you prefer a night in or a night out with your husband these days a night out because we have a three-year-old so it's like not as as usual it's not as uh, common as it used to be <laughs> <laughs> And also we're in quarantine. So actually we're going nowhere these days. But you would prefer going out right now just, you know. Just to change it up. Yeah. Can Okay, this is funny. Can you fall asleep while cuddling? Yes, but I won't stay asleep while cuddling. Okay. I'll have to move at some point. Okay. I'm more like, a, oh, baby, you want to cuddle? Yeah. Okay, I got to. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I completely yeah, gotta, I'm with you. I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's your favorite love story? It could be from a book, a movie or real life. Oh, I think it was, it's hands down um, my love story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, do you want me to briefly tell you how we met? Yes, I want to know how you met. And then I want you to give me another another beautiful love story. Okay, so um, okay. <laughs> 
So the way we met is I was, okay, do we have time for the story? Do we want the story? Should I move on to the other? <laughs> no, no, no. I want to know this story. I definitely it's want to know the story. Amazing. So at the time I was working for a magazine. So this is going on almost eight years now. And we were hosting a Grand Prix party. It was the end of the night. The rest of the team was gone, but there was like the bar owner and whatever, some guests. And I was left behind and it was like, whatever, three-ish in the morning. And I kept thinking, like, I want to leave. <laughs> and then literally a whisper kept saying, like, five minutes. And this is what I mean by listening to the whispers. And then it was like, okay, five minutes is up. No, five more minutes. And I think that happened two or three times. And then it was like, I got the cue to leave. So I left. I went upstairs. I called the cab. And I kid you not, the moment the cab was arriving, um, Jack appeared, like, right in front of me. And he was like, you have beautiful eyes. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, you have amazing hair. And then he was just like so nice and so sweet and helped me get my things into the car. And he's like, I can't believe I'm meeting you just as you're leaving. Can I get your number? And I would never, ever say this before, but I was like, you are so cute. Yes. And so I gave him my number. History. <gasps> and so that was that. <laughs> so cute. But you see how like it was just divine timing. It was just divine timing. And then another love story that I absolutely cherish is actually like a good friend of mine. She's she's maybe, she's about 20 years older than me. So she met her partner about 10 years ago. She was in her mid forties. And, you know, you sometimes we say like, you can't meet your partner waiting at home, but in this case you can. So she was with her mother who had some kind of attack, something happened. And the paramedics that showed up, well, she fell, they fell in love with her, the paramedics. <laughs> God, that's so cute. I know, it was so cute. And like her mother was fine and they all went in the ambulance together and he was really nurturing. And then after her mom was fine, he was like, um, I need to know you. And yeah, they're married and amazing. That is hilarious. So my favorite love story are my grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, so they met in, they were living in Sicily and my grandmother was like soup, like very against marriage. And as you can imagine, she would have been maybe, I think, 87 or 88 now. Um, she's passed away. But so this was like like 65 years ago. Yeah. Um, and you got married at 15, if yeah. not 14. And yeah. she was, I think she was like 19 or something. She wasn't married and she didn't want to get married. She was very like <clears throat> um, independent. And I mean, not that you can be independent while getting married, but you, you get it. And so... She had her best friend, uh, her neighbor was her, one of her best friends. And so her neighbor got engaged to this man, Emmanuel. So she had like the ring on her finger and the woman kept on telling my grandmother, why don't you try on my ring? And my grandmother was like, I don't want to try on your ring. Like, I don't want to get married. And she's like, no, no, try it on. You know, like, look at what your hand looks like, you know, so, so excited. And so my grandmother to like shut her up, tried on the ring and the ring got stuck on her finger. <laughs> and so she had to go to the jeweler and they had to cut off the ring off my grandmother's finger because it got stuck. And then this woman um, and this man, they ended up breaking up because the woman's father found her a suitor in Canada. Yeah. So he was like, he told this, this guy, Emmanuel, like, listen, you know, I know you guys are engaged, but it's not going to work. I found somebody in Canada. And so a week later, my, um, this guy, Emmanuel, his father was taking him to like the city fair and my grandmother's father was taking her to the city fair and they met and my grandmother, the ring that my grandmother tried on was of that of Emmanuel, who's my grandfather. <laughs> oh my God. Is that wild? 
That's insane. So she's like, what? You're Emmanuel? You were engaged to this girl? And he goes, yeah. She goes, oh my God, I tried on the ring and it didn't fit. It, it got stuck. He's no. like, you're the girl it got stuck on? So like literally, the like how wild is that? It's beautiful. I and love then, that. And then they both ended up moving to Canada. Wow. I know. They got married and moved to Canada. And they, they were like, oh my God, you've never seen people in love like that. Like, I've never seen that in my whole life. Aww. So all this to say, my boyfriend has some big shoes to fill. <laughs> the pressure. And on that note, I just, I really want to thank you so much, Diana, for, for being a part of this and for doing this. I feel like we clarified so many things for women. And I'm just so grateful that you were here. Oh, thank you for having me. I had so much fun talking to you. This was this was so great. Beautiful question. And you let me know hey, whenever you want to talk. Uh, <laughs> call me. You know, I'll ask you my questions. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, I'll, I'll text you after this. Sounds good. Welcome thank up. you. Bye. Bye. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.